On May 20th, 1927, Charles Lindbergh took flight from Roosevelt Field in New York City on a journey that most thought to be a suicide mission. He intended to be the first pilot to fly a solo non-stop transatlantic flight. He was successful and the flight helped change public opinion on the value of air travel forever. The team in this week's episode, in a way, supplied the spark plugs for the spirit of St. Louis and it also helped change public opinion and the validity of professional football. Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you to come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time as we step off the DeLorean, The date is October 3rd, 1920, and we are in Dayton, Ohio. We are at Triangle Park, a very special place for the NFL, a very special day, a very special game in the storied history of the 100 regular seasons of the NFL. But before we got here, when we hopped on the DeLorean, clicked that little flex capacitor deal, tapped on it because it wasn't working, the date was October 2nd, 2019. So we're a day before the anniversary of this momentous occasion, because October 3rd, 1920, was the first official game between two NFL teams. I mean, well, it was considered the APFA back then. But again, the first ever official game between the Dayton Triangles and the Columbus Panhandles, fighting and squaring off with each other at Triangle Park in Dayton, Ohio. And the NFL was officially underway. And just like most believed that Charles Lindbergh would not even make it to Paris, many also believed the NFL wouldn't make it around either too long. Charles Lindbergh used AC Delco spark plugs in the spirit of St. Louis, which had a significance to the Dayton Triangles. So let's take the DeLorean back a little bit, a little bit further to 1909. We're still in Dayton, Ohio, though, because this is an important year for the NFL, but not directly. I mean, the only thing on the NFL's website under the History by Decades category was this. A field goal dropped from four points to three points. Now, that was football in general. Not the NFL, of course, because it's not 1920 yet. And kickers be all like, come on, man. Gotta take points away from me for my fantasy rosters and such. And even though fantasy football wasn't invented yet, they went from four points to three points. But that wasn't what was important this year. I mean, it was important, but it wasn't the one that I'm talking about right now. There also was, in June of 1909, Jim Thorpe made pro-pitching debut for Rocky Mount. Ultimately, this would end up down the road, making it so he had to forfeit his Olympic gold medals. But that's also not what this is all about. Even though it could have been turned sideways for the NFL, depending on which way, you know, how people thought about Jim Thorpe at the beginning. He was considered the president and the face of the franchise, the face of the league, that is. But that's not what I'm talking about. Another significant event? Happened 1909 in November, the construction of the U.S. Navy base begins in Pearl Harbor. Ultimately, this was important to the NFL, because World War II almost crushed the NFL and made it not exist anymore. But that's not the one I'm talking about. So what was it? What was so important that happened in 1909 that ultimately changed the landscape of the NFL? Well, it was something that also dealt with GM, General Motors. You see, there was a company that was founded in 1909 
It was called Dayton Engineering Laboratory Company, and it was founded by Charles F. Kettering and Edward Deeds. The company ended up merging. Ultimately, we have AC Delco. That ring a bell? And we're talking about AC Delco spark plugs in the spirit of St. Louis. But that's not the reason why it's important. The reason why it's important to the NFL is because after a while, in 1916, the Dayton Triangles were formed. This is a recreational football team at the time, but it was comprised mostly of employees from three different companies. There's Delco, the one I just talked about, Dayton Metal Products Company, and Domestic Engineering Company. Yes, the same company that helped Charles Lindbergh and his transatlantic flight, then also Amelia Earhart, then also in the 60s helped NASA with the Apollo missions, helped fly the NFL to new heights at the beginning. In fact, participating the first ever NFL game on October 3rd, 1920. And according to an article by Bob Brunwer and Bob Carroll, the exact kickoff time is unknown. So it wasn't like back in the day we've got this 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time at 4 o'clock p.m. Well, 4.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4.35, whatever we got nowadays. It was kind of random. I mean, they didn't have to fit into a TV schedule or a radio schedule. There wasn't any broadcasting going on at the time. So they would just pick a time that fit the locality of the football game. And this is where maybe you can call it a controversy, what have you. But on the same day, there was another game that was played. The Rock Island Independence. We talked about these dudes in the last episode. First actual game with an APFA team, but it wasn't against uh, another APFA team. So it didn't really count as the official first game. And even though it counted in the standings and everything. However. This game was played in Central Time Zone, and Dayton played against the Columbus Panhandles in the Eastern Time Zone. So in theory, maybe it was an hour earlier, we don't know, but they believe, and this is what's stated on the NFL's official website, that the Columbus Panhandles went into Dayton, Ohio, to face off against the Triangles for the first ever official NFL game, October 3rd, 1920. But that doesn't necessarily mean that this was a game that had the first points. Because at halftime, the game between Dayton Triangles and Columbus Panhandles was a 0-0 burn burner of a score. And the Rock Island Independents, though, had put up 21 points in the first quarter alone against Muncie. So many believe that it was Rock Island that scored the first touchdown. And that dude went by the name of Arnie Wyman. Yes! Arnie, we talked about this before. The same name as your host, so destined to have a podcast about the history of the NFL. Coming up in the 100th season of the NFL. Well, that's, by golly, some good stuff for you, some gridiron knowledge nuggets. And let's keep it going, because we have another 100 years ago, and maybe I'll make it around that time, but I probably don't think so. However, for sure, Arnie Wyman of the Rock Island Independence was the first to score multiple TDs in a game. But regardless of all the firsts and such, ultimately, in the first ever official NFL game between two NFL teams, APFA teams at the time, October 3rd, 1920, the Dayton Triangles beat the Columbus Panhandles 14 to nothing at Triangle Park in Dayton, Ohio. And there's a cool picture of this historical marker that's at Triangle Park from DaytonTriangles.com, and I'll leave a link in the show notes for you, which, by the way, you can get the show notes through your podcast player or by heading to thefootballhistorydude.com. Again, that's thefootballhistorydude.com. Also, while you're at it, 
I ask that you please subscribe for free to this show by mashing that little subscribe button on your podcast player choice. That way you get the freshest, hottest off the press episodes each and every week. So that's the first NFL game. A historic moment. A game that started it all. And now we are in the 100th season. But how the heck did they get there? They didn't just all of a sudden snap their fingers and poof. Hey, we're in the first game in the NFL, man. We're going to go. We're going to be living legends and go down in history. That wasn't quite how it went down. However, an article from Amelia Robinson at Dayton.com helps provide us with a little bit of info of the team from the early years. You see, back in the day, there were just neighborhood teams. Early 1900s, there were some organized ones over there in Dayton, and there were some others that were just randoms. Other teams around the town were called the Wolverines, the Miamis, the Westwoods, Oxfords, McKinleys, and Nationals, and probably like, uh, hey, we're just the, we're the Dayton dudes. I don't know. Maybe they had it. I don't know. The original dudes, though. The Dayton Triangles, well, that's what they would end up becoming, actually were originated from a basketball team at St. Mary's College. Now it's the University of Dayton. Back then, they called themselves the St. Mary's Cadets, and these members graduated in 1912, and they started a football team. Later, they would name the team Dayton Gym Cadets. I'm not sure why. In 1915, they do that. And then in 1916, we'd be called the Dayton Triangles. So officially, it's considered the team to have been founded in 1916. But the roots were much earlier than that. Well, I wouldn't really consider it much earlier, you see. Because 1912 is when they really kind of came out. But maybe the most notable name for the team was Carl Stork, manager and founder. He was invited to the meetings also in Canton, Ohio. You know, Ralph Hayes, Hopmobile Autumn Showroom. Got September 17, 1920, August 20th, going in my brain here. Also, officially, considered to be the team that uh, hosted the game, the first one ever, for the NFL, October 3rd, 1920, in Dayton, Ohio, beating the Columbus Panhandles 14 to nothing. Now this brings us to the place that they played, the famous Triangle Park. And the article said the park was donated by Kettering Indeed, so it fits. The guys that started that company and they don't know, was it named uh, Triangle Park because there were three factories or was it just the shape of the park? Not really important. What was important is this was the future home of the first ever official NFL game. And today there's teams that play there still. Flag football teams. And it's not the same as it was back then. Maybe the same amount of spectators as it was back in the early 1900s. I'm not sure, but nonetheless, they still call it Kettering Park, I think, or at least that's what the NFL 100 website says. And speaking of the NFL 100 website, they're going to pay homage to the place where the first game was ever played. And here's a quote coming from the website to describe what their plans are. And it goes as such. To honor the lasting legacy of football and pave the way for future generations. The NFL Foundation, in partnership with Field Turf and Vasco, who will lead construction and installation, will fund the installment of a new artificial turf field in the city of Dayton at Kettering Park. That game, the one they're talking about, on October 3rd, 1920 in Triangle Park, was really the crowning moment for this team, though. Because they not... They, they, let's just say they weren't too good. We'll leave it at that. You know, they, the, the whole thing, my mama said if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. Well, I got something good to say. They played, and they beat the Columbus Panhandles 14-0 in the first ever game of the NFL. However, 
things took a er, crash, turn, hard left, straight into the wall kind of situation for the remainder of their time in the NFL. The first season, they took sixth place overall. But after that, they didn't even get above sixth place. From 1923 until their demise in 1929, they never even had more than two victories in a game. There were three different times they didn't even have a single win in a game. I mean, ultimately, 1920, that was the case. The final game, the team folded after zero wins and six losses. So, a quick footnote in history. However, very significant. Dayton Triangles. Triangle Park. The first ever NFL game, October 3rd, 1920. And according to the Pro Football Hall of Fame's website, John Dwyer from Brooklyn, New York, would buy the struggling team. He would relocate them to, of course, Brooklyn, New York, and they would assume the name Brooklyn Dodgers commencing play in 1930. And that's how the Dayton Triangles would fade from the existence of history, and possibly no one would even know about them because they didn't even really leave that much of a mark, other than, like I said, they had the first ever hosted home game in the NFL. So there's something to be said about that. And although the Dayton Triangles only made it that decade of the NFL, and their crowning moment of the team was really just that first ever game, their legacy still will live forever as one of the original NFL teams, the original 14 NFL teams, that is. And the players, coaches, owners, and fans of the Triangles built the foundation for the NFL to become the most dominant sport in America, now in its 100th season. Maybe back in the day, it wasn't quite like this for players, but throughout the timeline of the NFL, the following quote from Charles Lindbergh's book, We, Pilot and Plane, describes what it's probably like for many players lucky enough to hoist that Lombardi trophy at the end of the season. And it goes as such. There were times in an aeroplane when it seemed I had escaped mortality to look down on Earth like a god. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Football History Dude Podcast and were able to gain some gridiron knowledge nuggets about the team that hosted the first official game in NFL history. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with another NFL geek that hasn't heard about the podcast and the best way you can do that is to send them to thefootballhistorydude.com. Now next week, we'll take a look at another one of the original 14 teams of the NFL. But for now, dudes, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football History Dude. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice and head on over to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads.